0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists and as I say in every show we've got a great one for you today because you know what? We always do. We got Rochelle Lene on. We just really learned about her recently and she's really growing. She's on fire out there. Love her new album and we got some great things to talk about with her today. So Rochelle, are you here?
1: I'm here.
0: And I hope I How got are you your name right.
1: You did. You totally did.
0: Okay, because <laughs> I forgot to ask. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're doing good. You're still. Yes,
1: doing great. I'm. I'm just. You know, the the album just dropped yesterday. Mhm. How was so that? It was. You know, it was really exciting. It was. <laughs> I was like a little more giddy than I thought I would be, and um, <laughs> a little like nervous, excited, you know. Mm But, yeah, just celebrating
0: that. Now, that was your second album that you've dropped?
1: That was my second uh, full country album,
0: yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, So as we get started here, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you to give people an idea of who you are as a person.
2: Oh, my
1: goodness. (laughs) I... I grew up in Kodiak, Alaska, uh, moved oh, down wow. to, to just kind of like a where I'm from, you know, geographically. I was actually born in Northern <laughs> California, but always lived in, in Alaska as a kid, and then moved to Washington State, and from Washington State to Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where I call home now, and I've been singing <laughs> I was, since I could talk, so,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so how's Nashville treated you since you've been there?
1: Always treated me all different kinds of ways. Um.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I love Nashville though. Um, it's it's a really great community. As far as you know, there's these major hubs, and everyone has its own personality. And I think you know mm. that that Nashville is really one that is is so beautiful for collaborating and for mm. um, you know supporting each other.
0: Yeah, because I know with what we do with the whole show, you know, we feel like we're supposed to be in Nashville. We're in Savannah, Georgia, right now, but next year we're planning on finally making that move to Nashville.
2: Mm.
1: I've heard good things about Savannah, but um, but yeah,
2: Nashville's
0: awesome. It's a great town. It's a great town, but you know, when you when you're a town of you know four hundred thousand population, it's only mm-hmm. but so much can happen here.
2: <laughs> and <laughs>
0: You know, and we always have people ask us, well, what what should we move to Savannah? And I'm like, well, there, if you want to move to Savannah, then it needs to be one of a couple of things. You either need to already have money, because there really isn't a big corporate ladder here, um, or retiring. Really great, because because you know, there's a nickname for Savannah for years that they have called Savannah Slowana because they are way behind on a lot of things, and nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, a lot of people love the laid-back atmosphere, you know. But, you know, but with Susan now we know we've got an 8-year-old, which you'll hear from him later because we always let him ask the question. (laughs) But with an 8-year-old and now a 1-year-old, you know, we need to be in a place that's booming.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Nashville's definitely booming, normally. It's a little weird right now, but that's okay. (laughs) Everything's weird right now.
0: But it's it's starting to open back up a little bit, which is a good thing.
1: It is very
2: thankful
0: for that. <clears throat> Hopefully, we can all get back within a few months to at least semi-normal. I mean, I, I think it'll be a few years before we see normal again, but right. maybe we can have maybe we can have semi-normal where some live events will happen and and we can test the waters and see what happens.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we got a lot of creative people working on it, so you know. <laughs> We'll figure it out. So
0: when, so outside of music, what are some hobbies you like to do?
1: Well, I <laughs> honestly, music is is just an all-encompassing hobby. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I I really enjoy anything that has to do with stories. So like, if you're talking about mm-hmm. like, what do I like to do in my downtime? you know, if I, yeah, I, I love to read a good book. You know, I love I mm-hmm. I'll, you know Netflix. A good story, you know. I just love good stories. I think that's why I like to write music too, is because it, you know, it's you're telling a story.
0: And especially country music. So it
1: all kind of, especially country music,
0: yeah. Because <laughs> that's one thing I love about yes. country, and nothing against other genres. I mean, all genres have its greatness and weaknesses, but I think country does the story the best. Yeah. Yes. It does. And, and I think the next closest would, would be hip-hop because although I don't really care for the music, they do have their stories. And so, you know, and a lot of the hip-hop artists, they're just telling the stories of what they live, just like country artists. Right. Which is something I really like. So i like to start with something really fun. Um, so what's something quirky about you?
1: Something quirky? Like? Yeah. Uh like I'm exceptionally short. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I guess
0: different people have different uh, opinions of what that word means. Like we always love that that um, question because it's always interesting of the answers we get.
1: Like what's unique? I mean, one of you know, everyone always finds the Alaska thing interesting. Um, I'm five feet tall, which you can't always tell if I'm on a stage, so people don't <laughs> always know that. Mm. Uh, oh, it's something quirky. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of quirky things that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 we might have to circle back.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so at what age did you get to the point where you said, "You know what? I could actually make a career out of this."
1: I don't think I ever. I don't think it ever occurred to me that I couldn't.
0: Oh wow, that's
1: so, awesome. You know, I yeah, I mean I'm told my parents tell me that I started kinda singing before I was really talking, so it and and it was just always like, Oh well, I'm gonna be a singer when I grow up and then as I got older I started yeah. writing and so it's like, Well I'm gonna be ai s I'm gonna write and sing my own songs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just always what I wanted to do.
0: And, you know, every artist has those songs at the very beginning where they look back and they're like, oh, they were horrible. What was the name of your (laughs) first song that you wrote?
1: Uh, The first song I wrote, I was 12. I wrote it with my little sister, and it was called When I Found Him, and it was a Christian song.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've noticed that there's a, a lot of Christian artists make the leap to country.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's um it's a format where um where faith is still welcome. You know, you can mm-hmm. still be true to, to yourself and to your faith, which is really neat
0: about this. Yeah, because that's yeah that's definitely something we've loved about the whole the whole country community. Because even though some songs you kind of wonder about, but you know, but for the most part, you can still keep your faith and still keep it strong, and you can actually still make something. Yeah, I
1: mean music, it's like, you know, it's like we've been talking about It's it's a storytelling format And it's it's about just being authentic to Your story um, mm-hmm. And so that includes everything That includes faith That includes family That includes um, working hard And chasing dreams And love And all, <laughs> everything in between
0: Especially the love part It seems like lately that's been the big kick is The love songs are like Left and right, just like with yours, and I love the songs that you've written. They've been really awesome.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this is my record, very we'll,
2: based on love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which will, yeah. which later in the show we'll be playing "Runaway" for you. So. Oh, yay! I'm
2: excited. <clears throat> it's so it's. Um,
0: yeah. Go, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: <laughs> you go ahead. No, you go ahead. We're just so nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say That's definitely one of the,
0: the love songs In the group and, and you see With our show, we try to make it a conversation I don't want to just ask you questions And you answer And then I ask questions And then you answer I want it to be a dialogue, <laughs> a conversation You tell stories, I tell some stories I, We just want our show to be kind of relaxing And you know what? Just a couple friends getting together Talking in the world listening
1: <laughs> I love that
0: I love that That's more fun so That was sure. what I tried to You know, when we first launched the show At the beginning of the year Let's I call it, ask Sandy, you know How can we be different? Because there's thousands of people do this out there You know, how can Now granted, yeah. we're a husband and wife team So that right there kind of puts us in a very unique category You <laughs> know, yeah. Uh, yeah. doing a show together But I wanted more than that And I was like, you know There's something I see missing and I noticed that with most shows, they don't really have time to get parts of their story out, for the most part, of rising art. Now, there's plenty of platforms for the big artists to do that, but there's not many platforms for to tell parts of the story of smaller artists. And that was, like, that's where we'll be different. That's why we call it Up Close and Personal with our tagline, because we want to get up close and personal with each artist like you. Bring some things out. Bring some rawness out. And just let it be. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love that. And you know that's yeah. Because when I saw that it was an hour, I was like, Wow, that's that's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm like, I'm, I was like, I, I told, I'm actually on the road right now. Uh, we're taking a the celebratory um,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: little vaca- well vacation of sorts. Um, I'll probably I'll still be doing some like interviews and things like that. But mm-hmm. but we're Celebrating our anniversary because we dropped the album on our anniversary, um, oh wow! And uh, celebrating the album, so it's just a Mm -hmm. celebration weekend. But anyway, yeah, I I went, I turned to my husband, I'm like, this will be interesting. I I haven't done an interview this this long in a while. (laughs) So so and and what's
0: funny is you know most of them are right about an hour, some like fifty minutes, some sixty minutes. But we've actually had we've had um, Jenny Gill. Vince Gill's daughter was went ninety minutes. Wow! <laughs> you guys have been having and, 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 so much fun. And we had Carleen Carter on, and she went ninety minutes.
2: That's
0: awesome. <laughs> so you know, now granted, they grew up in the music business, and with you know. Parents that were heavy in music, and so they had stories to tell. Them. And by the time it got to the sixty-minute part, I'm sitting there like, "Oh God, I haven't even hit half of what I wanted to hit so far." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh.
2: Yeah, they probably have
1: stories on stories on stories.
0: Yep, which is good. That's awesome. So what? So yeah. what drives you right now?
1: What drives me? Yeah. <laughs> um. What's that's a really good question um i mean when it comes to music it's like it. what drives me is that i've written this beautiful like music and i sometimes sometimes i look at songwriting like like it's this it's like something that's just been like given to Mm -hmm. me or like channeled through me and so it's like It sounds sounds almost conceited to be like, I have this beautiful song, and I have to give it out to the world, you know, but it's like, I almost feel like, well, actually, I was just privileged to be there, and I know that I wrote it, but I I just feel like it's such a, like, you know, you you get so inspired, and then these songs, you know, come out, Um, Mm -hmm. but really, that's what, that, that does drive me, because I, you know, you're telling these stories, and when they come out, just in such a cool way, it's like, wow, like, I have to get these, these songs out to people. Like, I, I know that yeah. they're going to connect. I know that people mm-hmm. are going to feel better listening and singing mm-hmm. along to these songs, and I, and I want that opportunity for these little song babies. Um, so, so
0: they are your babies.
1: Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are.
0: And, and I read that some of the songs are about your husband.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because like when you first you know before uh we we met and just like in general there's mm-hmm. this idea that you know if you get happy there mm-hmm. not everyone you know subscribes to this idea but but that if you're happy then well your muse is going to be gone and you're going to have a tough time writing and you know yada
2: yada
1: because yeah. um, you're mm-hmm. just, you know happy so what are you going to write about well <clears throat> i just found that to be kind of the opposite because i think You know, before I found, like, this really good, healthy, wonderful relationship, I Mm -hmm. found it difficult to write a love song that didn't sound crazy cheesy. But then when (laughs) it's your authentic story, Mm -hmm. then it flows out of you. So now I have everything that I ever, you know, all the the ammunition from, like, any breakup or any, you know, thing that I went through before – but I also mm-hmm. have the authenticity of of this love story to tell. So, yeah, a lot of the records are yeah. <laughs> very
0: inspired by that. Yeah. That's just like with our story. My wife and I, we actually met online back in 2002. Of course, back then it was taboo. You know, you just didn't do it back then, and um, and we met online on February second, talked on the phone for the first time February fourth. By February 18th, we set a wedding date. and March 4th, we set we met in person. So we actually set we actually was meeting at the airport for the very first time to see who we were about to marry. What?
3: That's amazing. And that was
0: seven And that was eight. Well, I, actually, that was 18 years ago, I guess, because we're coming up on our 18th anniversary. Because the date we set was October 5th, and and you know, one of my ideal things with marriage and people thought I was crazy. They said there was no way that not only could this be could you do this, but it would be unhealthy if you did. But my ideal marriage was to be a twenty four seven couple. And we've been that for seventeen years. I love that. As
3: I'm back now. I I had to tend okay. to the to the one year old. <laughs> she was mama <laughs> for a minute, but, but I'm back now. She just needed a nap. She was sleepy.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: well, and we'll get to hear from
0: our eight year old later.
1: Yes. Oh, this, a,
0: I love that. That is so cool. I guess you know when you know you know. And we Absolutely. Did. We really yes. felt like we, did. we really felt like. I remember. When I really felt like God was kind of leading me to meet someone online, now people thought I was nuts on that. <laughs> I really felt it in my soul that I was t- now, I, like I told people either I'm crazy or <laughs> I'm crazy enough just to believe it, you know <laughs> but either way, I believe it. yeah, and, and we both I went did. through a lot of women trying to find her, and I, I, I'll never forget that the day that I contacted mm-hmm. her online. Because I had this – and people thought I was nuts for this too. I had this qualifying question because I wanted I, – I was really wanting to live a 24-7 marriage. And my question yeah. was, if it were possible – now, I would always say if it were possible. If it were right. possible, would you consider – and I didn't say you had to, but I said, would you consider a 24-7 marriage type thing in order to build a legacy together as one? And, of course, you, you can only yeah. imagine – The kind of answers I got from people, from women back then Uh, I can only imagine what it would be now Because there's more independence now than back then Um, But I remember Sandy's answer Because I always ask God Well, well, how will I know if it's the one you're leading me to? And I always felt like he said You'll know, she'll stand out And and I'll, I'll never forget her answer that day I asked her that question and her exact answer was, "I I have never heard of that kind of marriage, but if that were possible, even remotely, that would be awesome." And here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's awesome. That's so great. And,
0: and of course, I don't tell everybody to to be this type of marriage. This is just what I felt like I needed in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: isn't that Isn't that <clears throat> cool? I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because when, uh, I think that, especially, like, when we very first got married, you start to kind of, like, look around at other people's, like, habits. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some people, like, never go out unless it's together. Or some people go out separately all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. And some people, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, everybody
1: has, like, their different things, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, you, you start yeah. to know, like, you you, like, we had to... Realize pretty quick that it really doesn't matter what they're doing, what anyone else is doing. Yep. Like what matters is, yeah. is what you know we're building our love story on, and what exactly. is best for us. Yeah. And
2: um mm-hmm.
1: And it's been. I love that. And, and that's a that's a really important thing to learn. And it's, it's cool to see how <laughs> uh well how you know that kind of has somebody for for everybody and. Um, yep. And I out. love
0: that. I yeah. love that. Now, when you look back at your career so far in music, um, what are some moments, um, a few highlights where you're like, wow, I got to do that?
2: Oh,
1: oh goodness. Um, honestly, there's, there, there have been so many. I think the first <laughs> are always the cool. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, I used to, uh, I worked closely with Jamie O'Neill for a long time and on my first record, she produced the first record, um, yeah. first full record, and um, I remember getting to meet her, and I was just such, I just really looked up to her as a singer and songwriter, and, and then getting to meet her and having her, like, want to work with me was like, whoa, this mm-hmm.
2: is real,
1: you know, and then I remember, you know, then, then going on radio tour and, like, and someone being, like, listening to the radio station and actually hearing my song come on for the first time,
2: Oh, wow.
1: Um and just like how thrilling it was and how we're just giggling and like, turn it up, turn it up, you know. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> um, you know, and then and then and then it was like, you know, getting to open for different people. I mean, I mm-hmm. like opening for Wynonna Judd was like a pinch me moment. Oh, because wow. I grew up listening to the uh, Judds, You know. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I can't believe this. And I did my set, and then I like went out into like the an area where I could watch her set. And I was just like, I mm-hmm. can't believe that. I just opened for this woman. This is amazing. How did this happen? <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> um,
1: I think the most recent like crazy one though um, was I I haven't played the Opry myself. I've gotten to be backstage at the Opry. I've been to it many yeah. times. It's always like I just think it's one of the most magical things. I I, mm-hmm. I love country music and uh, um, so uh, Jamie actually uh, has recorded a song that she and I wrote with um, Hannah Bethel on her, for herself uh, and
2: mm-hmm. she hasn't put
1: it out there yet. She's starting to release the music, so I'm excited. So I know it's mm-hmm. coming. But she played <laughs> it on the Opry. She played this song that I wrote oh, wow. on the Opry and. I was absolutely beside myself. I felt like I was a little tiny mm-hmm. kid. I was sitting in the audience, mm-hmm. and I mean, the people around me, you know, probably didn't, you know, know who I was or anything like that. And, and I'm just, mm-hmm. like, sitting there, like, about ready to come out of my seat. They're probably like, what is wrong with that girl? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, you know, it was just, <laughs>
1: I love the Opry, and it was just so magical. But, yeah. hmm
0: that is, real. I love. I love to hear the stories, <clears throat> and of course, as you know, with the stories comes the struggles, and that's part I think a lot of people miss. That they hear the highlights, they see the Blake Sheltons, the Mirandas, they they see the glamorous, the glory, but they don't see the grind. They don't see the hours. They don't see the sacrifices the artists have to make. And I always like to bring out the other side of this too, the coin. <clears throat> because, again, I always like to flip the script and bring out this side, and I'll tell a little story to lead us where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. One of the questions I asked Allison was, "What, <clears throat> what is an advice you would give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, coming from – she said, this is going to sound funny, coming from a full-time artist. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music – then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She so goes, once you make it a career, it's, it becomes your job. She so goes, yes, you'll still have passion for it. But now that it's also your job, it's, it's, a lot of strings are attached to that. It's a game changer with the way you have to think, the way you have to eat, the way you, you have to exercise different than everybody. She so goes, you could have a bad, one of the worst days ever today, but you still got to get on that stage tonight if you've got a gig and perform Like you have the best day ever. Uh, And she said that the sacrifices that the family has to make not just her and her daughter, but the people around her and their immediate family has to sacrifice to help catapult them up or they'll never have a chance. And she says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit.
1: I think, preach it sister, yeah um, that, that was some that was some truth bump right there um, it is hard, and people don't people don't really see that it's it's pretty funny because I think I think you know in Nashville, like people kind of get mm-hmm. it more usually for the mm-hmm. most part, yeah, I mean, let me be clear, it's for the most part because there's still a lot that people don't realize about the sacrifices that an artist goes through. Um, or mm-hmm. they, they or, or they, the perception is that every artist is, is that their life is very similar to someone who's already reached that certain level, and mm-hmm. that is, that le- the level of an A list artist and someone who's building a career is are two very very different things. And the sacrifice, I mean, there's there's plenty involved in that A list level. There is like I mean, there's sacrifice mm-hmm. in two. it's hard. It's there's a lot, but it's different. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, I used to, uh, I went to Belmont and Mm -hmm. and, um, sometimes like when you've been there for a couple of years, like someone who's coming in, will they'll like pair you up and they'll ask you questions. And I used to tell people like, like what, what, like they'd ask, like, well, I'm thinking that I want to, you know, major in music and stuff. And I'm like, why do you want to do that?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and sometimes people like, well, you know, almost like a slap in the face, like, well, why would you? (laughs) <laughs> why would you ask me why it's music music is great i'm like well yeah it's wonderful but are you willing to sleep in your car
2: <laughs>
1: like like you know hopefully it doesn't come to that but like you know you gotta if you gotta if, be willing uh, if yeah like if you're not willing to make like some crazy intensive sacrifices then then don't do it because it's like it's, it's like she said you know keep it keep it as a hobby keep it in your life you know
2: but,
0: um yeah. yeah Because yeah. I, I think a lot of people, it's like um, one of the things I hate the most, I guess it's not, I think I hate the most, but still I hate this, this quote where I, I've heard people say, artists just need a real job. And I, cri- mm-hmm. I hate when I hear, I've had to stop some people and say, don't tell an artist they need a real job because they actually have something better, a passion that they're striving for. Because when you lose your passion, you lose everything like i've got some friends of mine that are say 10 15 years in their career and and uh, so they went the normal route. They, they went the route that everybody preaches you need to go as an artist they went that route and they're miserable and you sit down with them and you're like well you've got this great lifestyle you've got this great family um you've got this awesome career And some of them will stop you. And I've I've had a few people tell me the career is the problem. (laughs) like, what do you mean the career is the problem? You went to six years or four years of college for that career. And they're like, no, I never wanted this career. They said said my guidance counselor, my parents, my friends all said I need to go this way because that's where the money is and my passion could never work. So they listened to that. They allowed other people to steal that passion from them, and now they're miserable. Yeah. And yeah, you see that a lot.
1: I've and and you know what that that's like such a sad thing. I think you know when you really love something and it's a true dream, then I I think people people get sour down the line because they didn't give it everything, like they didn't give it the shot. You're trying to shoot mm-hmm. the moon, okay? So like you got to yeah. enjoy that from the beginning, and you have got to mm-hmm. enjoy every single step. Like I mean, there's there's lots of downs. So like the thing that I've been, you know that we go by is Mm -hmm. mourn every defeat and celebrate every victory and then move on and then move (laughs) on because you can't you can't like sit in those places you know um for too long but if you don't if you don't like give it everything then you have this
2: like what if that's sitting over you what Mm -hmm. if what if
0: and it'll eat you, and it'll eat you a lot. <clears throat> like, for instance, we, we actually originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014. Um, we, run it by, we ran it about a year. In um, fact, in that year, we actually got to interview Kelsey Ballerini, which was pretty cool, <clears throat> before she made it big. And, um, yeah. but, in that, but so much was happening at that time, we ended up having to shut it down. But but it was like a piece of me, because I always – like you said, I always had this, what if we didn't shut it down? What if, what if, what if? And it ate me alive for three years. I mean, I tried to push all this away so much that I even let go of the domain new country God. I, I, but every six months, I've had this curiosity, has anybody bought the domain? Nope, still not bought it. <laughs> Six months later, no. Nope. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If somebody would have ever bought it, who knows? We might not be doing this, but they didn't, thank God. But by the end of 2018, I remember telling Sandy, it's eating me up not knowing. I'd rather get to into end of my life and fail and know I gave it my all than to wonder what if all my life. We have to relaunch and finish what we started. And yeah. we, built, you know, we built a foundation last year. And then we decided look, let's do a show, and here we are, Kristen Sandy Show. Done over 100 interviews in less than five months.
1: I love that. And, and <laughs> but we, how but I had I've to been. do this.
2: Yeah.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I bet that uh, there's been a lot. Like, have you found that it's been that the availability of people to come on the show has been a little better?
0: Given oh yeah. The circumstances. Yeah. yeah, it has. Yeah, well, what's something mm-hmm. that I, to I told Sandy, when the coronavirus was shutting everything down, I, w- I was like, you know what? This is our chance to shine. This is our yeah. chance mm-hmm. to get a yeah. little bigger artist on. And I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I, I, I could name the artists right now that changed the direction of our show, and that was Anna Christina Cash.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: when she came on, that's when we got Georgette Jones, Carlene Carter, Jenny Gill, and that whole crew. Yeah. And that just changed yeah. everything. <clears throat> now, granted, we're still waiting for the next level now. We, we know that, you know, because I reach out to everybody. I'll be honest, I have emailed even Blake Shelton's people. <laughs> yeah. Because there are three things that I want. There are three things I want um, the big artist people to know. One is I want them to know, know, well, first off, you never know. Somebody might say yes. You know, you just never know. Number two is I want them to know who we are so they can watch us. Because if they're watching us, they'll bring us other people. Number three, the third reason, and this this happens a lot, I'll pitch a big artist um, as people, and then the people – well, email me back, well, we got so-and-so we can give you. But well, guess what? It's brought more people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, because I'm not one, you know, like I've always heard through, you know, I've been in sales all my life, I've always heard people say, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Right. <laughs> and here we are, you know. Again, like I said, you know, we asked your people and they said that you, you would love to come on the show. And we feel like that's a privilege because we see where you're going and all that. You know, all the people mm-hmm. at your level and above, we're we're so appreciative that y'all are willing to come on our show, being so new, and we'll always remember that as we grow. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's building <clears throat>
1: relationships, which is key in any industry, I think. But.
0: Uh, oh yeah.
1: But uh, and, and
0: that. And that's one of the reasons we think that we've grown so fast is um, i built relationships since 2000. Even though we shut everything down in 2015, I was still building relationships in music back then. I still built a lot Mm -hmm. of relationships in 2014, 2015, and I still connected through Facebook with a lot of people in the music arena in 2016, 2017. So when we relaunched in 2018, my whole thing was um, I hope they – Accept us back in And they did And here we are <laughs>
2: Yeah That's
0: Awesome Well it's obviously Something this, that you were
2: meant to
0: do Thank you I really love that You know Because I've had people Tell us that And we are definitely appreciative. it It's like We can tell With your music That you can tell That you're meant To do this And right now It's perfect time We're going to take A quick commercial break And then we're going to Come back and play your song And we're going to get Dig deep into Some of your music How's that?
3: Love
0: it. All right. Here we go.
3: Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at the com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the SportsGuysPodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I'm restless,
2: reckless, never finding my way home. Looking for an exit, I guess. It's the only way I've known. I thought. Everything I ever wanted was the next place. No sound could but there's something in your eyes.
3: Oh yeah, great Thank song! You. Thank you, guys.
0: <laughs> I love the twist because you were like, when I first started hearing it, I was like, I wonder where it's going. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is cool. You always run away until now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell us the story behind that.
1: Um, you know, the um, I wrote this with. It's actually the first song I've cut that my little sister um, wrote on with me we
2: oh, wow. uh,
1: yeah she's she's a pop artist and and we actually have a another like a side band that we have made that is um uh, very different than myself stuff. but but uh we, mm-hmm. she hasn't written a lot of country music with me and um but this one just really stood out i wrote it with my sister and uh Brittany ray and Brittany actually came in uh with the concept and
2: mm-hmm. i
1: just had i had a lot of um from my perspective, like usually, okay, so like, you know, you go into a writing room. Are either of you writers? Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm.
3: Do either Why of you we guys lyric write? Right. Yes, yeah. just yeah. lyrics right now, not the music side that we do learn yeah. from time <laughs> to time.
1: Okay, so you're at <laughs> least, like a little familiar with it. Like, so, you know, you get into a room and um, mm-hmm. I, I love, love co writing. And um, the. you get into a room and usually like either either everybody is burnt out and like everyone no one has any ideas or everyone has <laughs> an idea and, <laughs> and you go around the room and, and you just put things out and, and you're like well hey I was thinking kind of about this or I was thinking about mm-hmm. this or I was thinking mm-hmm. about this and you usually yeah. land on whatever everybody can find the inspiration within themselves for like oh I can get behind mm-hmm. that idea And and yeah. with this song we were just like yeah, like there's because there's something different. Like whenever when you find the right person, it's a very very different thing than mm-hmm. than anyone else, you know. And and for me like yeah. when I was looking looking for someone, it was like okay, well I need someone who makes me feel
2: like
1: like so safe, like like I trust their judgment on things. Like I know
2: that they have my best
1: interest in heart, that there is nothing that makes me want to run away from this person in any way, yeah. you know? And, um, that's kind of where I was coming from
0: with it. <clears throat> love that, you know, you know, and that's so true. You know, the, the story behind the song I love, again, like you said, you know, when Sandy and I met, I just knew it was one of them things where, you know, she was miles away cause she was in Kentucky and I was in Georgia but I, I knew there was nobody else. That was the one.
3: Yes, the yeah. same on my side. Absolutely. <laughs> Is it, we was totally there like, get like, that um, Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Just out of curiosity, I love hearing people's stories, and y'all are, like, fascinating because they just, like, do so quickly. <laughs> um, was there, like, a and moment we just or was it just –
0: yeah, you just I, I, I don't know if it was like a moment. I remember there was a couple of times we were talking, I remember, or chatting, I should say. And I remember another moment that that is a couple moments that really led up. And I, I remember the, the one, like I told you, the, the way she answered the one question. I was like, that's it. She's the one. Um, but even before yes. that, I, I remember, because um, when, you know, back then, it ain't like it is now. Back then, you, it was really tough to find people online on a local level. You really did have to be open to meeting at a distance um back then. Yeah. It just wasn't just didn't exist like it does now. And so one and I didn't want to move. I'd really liked I never thought I'd ever leave Savannah and here it is I'm talking about moving to Nashville, you know. I never thought I'd leave here. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and I and I remember I was like every every girl that I would chat with and all that, that was they didn't want to move either. Well that ain't gonna work, you know, in fact, most of them weren't yeah. even open to moving. you know i I was at least open if you're open right so you know because it takes both sides um, right. but I really didn't want to, and I remember right. um in the very beginning of our conversation she was she chatted with me, and i I think this was in the chat I don't think this was in the um first talk no, I think it was in the, was the chat different. where she, yeah mm-hmm. where, where that first day she she was because. Like, as we started getting small talk in and all that, I remember her saying to me, um, she can't wait till she finishes school so she can get, because she lives in a really small area, so she can move. So I <laughs> text her, so I sent a message back to her that you could always move to Savannah. And she said back, and I'll never, rem- I'll never forget this either. <laughs> that could be a possibility. She had me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're speaking and, the right language. <laughs> and, and, and I'm Because I'm one of them that I don't want to, you know, a lot of people they want to date with their with their emotions and feelings and chemistry. And, and you've got to have chemistry. Don't get me wrong. Without that oh, yeah. it won't yeah. work anyway. But they want to date with that. And, and then once they get together they can change the person into who they dream of. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I've always felt like, why not find the one that you dream of and marry that one? Right. You know what? Then you don't have to right. change them. So that, that was why I had a small checklist there. I wanted to live a 24-7 marriage. I wanted the woman to want to move. I, she had to be a Christian. There were just a few things that, that were on my list of, like, you know, and Sandy had, and I'm sitting there like, this is this is it. This is. I mean, she stood out, and I'm sitting there like, yeah. wow. You know, I remember when we the very first time we talked on the phone. Two days later, we we talked from eleven o'clock that night to four and three in the morning.
2: <laughs> and that was back when yeah. phone bills were expensive.
0: And I remember <laughs> that morning. That morning we chatted, and she said she's got to go to school that evening, and I was like, um, well, can we talk yeah, on the phone?
3: Yeah, night class. And
0: this is the salesperson mm-hmm. in me came out a little bit. I remember she telling me um, that she'll get, you know, she'll give me the number when she gets home from school uh, that night around eleven o'clock. So I told her, so I was like, well, since you're going to give me the number anyway, why don't you give it to me now, and I'll call you the time you tell me to call you. It worked. There you go. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it, worked. Yeah. it worked. out. Good.
0: <laughs> Because, <laughs> like I said, you and know, she, she was. If, she, if you're going to give it to me anyway, what, what's wrong with giving it now?
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, and and like, you called. well that makes sense. <laughs> and then did, did he call
1: when he said he was
3: going to call? He did call at, at 11 p.m., Then, right, right when he was supposed to call. And I, I knew after the first phone call. That phone call, I never connected with anybody else like that. And we We talked really on a deep level, that first phone call, it just, that phone call changed my life. Uh,
1: Yeah, I love that. (coughs) Well,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's what it's about.
0: That's what what all this is. Exactly. Yeah. So, so one thing I like to do on our show that I think that, that gets, that, that doesn't get enough recognition. As you know, you know, the fans don't get to hear about your PR team. They don't get to hear about your, you know, artists' um, um, producers and managers and all that. They just see the artist, And they almost sometimes fans always feel like it's the artist that does all the work. But we both know it takes a team to do what you do. So tell us a little yeah. bit about your team around you. Give them some recognition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually uh, – it's so funny that you say that because um, the – like first post that I did went for the album like being out like I I posted like if you go on my Instagram it has all the credits and it took me like hours <laughs> to like make sure I had everybody's like Instagram handle from from who the musicians that played the engineers the you know my my, my team I had more readily available by like a media team but you know just everything from the photography to everything it's a village y'all like it's it's a lot um yeah i you know i have managers um that helps me a lot well first of all you know what i got to start at the base which is my family is super supportive (laughs) you know i mean my husband we've talked about him he's he's amazing and um Mm -hmm. but my sister and my parents we all we were we were kind of raised. My sister and I were raised kind of like this. Fam, this family is a unit. We do like, yeah. you know, if you're in something, I'm supporting you. You know, so like from the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, I had these people like advising and like giving their their opinion and and support and and love even from the beginning of like picking what songs would be on the album. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I narrowed mm-hmm. like a bajillion songs down to like. 40, I think I think it was like 44 the first cut and then I had to narrow down from 44 to 12 and um, mm-hmm. whew, that was something um, that was really hard but I had you know I had people advising me um, that got that helped with that and um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that would be you know my managers um, Harry Jerry and um, and then I went in there were a couple of like last minute called too you know that that I mean my my producer was really helpful in in you know seeing um David Dorn uh, he's a really great session musician songwriter um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in town uh, and producer in town and um, and he was just really amazing at like understanding my vision you know when we sat down to talk about the project and I you know explained it he's like okay this is I'm hearing what you're saying I'm thinking this you know he's like pulling up references of like things and he's like I'm thinking it's like a mix of this and this and I'm like oh my gosh you are in my brain you understand exactly <laughs> what I'm saying um, yeah. you know and mm-hmm. and so you know we, we were able to, to narrow it down so it, you know it starts there and then once you know then you pull in these musicians that you know Nashville is so full of like outfits. And, uh, they we get in a room together and, and you discuss these fields and the way that we, we want it to go and, and everything, and everybody just, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then, mm-hmm. and then once, once that's done, you know, you, you kind of get like the, a rough, like mix going with, you know, produce with production, like with my producer, David and I, and, um, and then, um, you know, and then you take it to a mixing engineer who then brings their flavor to it, and and you know adds so much magic. Um, you know, I had a few um, in mixing engineers on this project. I worked very closely um, with Jerome on these mixes, and he really just added so much magic. I mean, also did such a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Um, but but like, you know, what it is is. For an artist to succeed, you have to have people all around you that, like, yep. believe, that have, caught your, that have caught your vision. Like, it's not,
2: mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. like you
1: can tell them they have to get it or they don't. And, like, yeah. you have to have people who get it and have caught it. And then once they do mm-hmm. that, then they can operate in their expertise. Because I'm independent, so I mm-hmm. have, <laughs> and, and even as an independent, my, my team has to be, you know, you still have to have all these people. Um, yeah. Like you have so much work to do, just, just as you know, making making the art and the content and and connecting with fans and um, all of that. Like it's just it's nonstop. You know.
2: Yeah. So
1: you have to have people supporting you. I have a you know publicist who um, you guys were interacting with. I have um, you know Mike Colin who helps me with like social media stuff and advises me on things mm-hmm. and everything. Honestly when you have people that catch your vision on your team, then, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's there's a little less of, like, well, that's not my job and more of a, hey, what else can we do
2: to further <laughs> okay.
1: this? You know, and <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's really cool.
0: That definitely makes sense. You know, I never even thought of that, you know, because I, I have a lot of business owner friends and all that, and, and you know, that makes a lot of sense. If they want people that buy into the vision of their business or they don't want to hire mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, 'cause it's powerful. You can't. There's if, if someone doesn't get it, they don't get it, and, and there's really nothing you can yeah.
0: do about that. So tell you know you're big in a family. It sounds like your parents are really behind you. Tell us a parent yeah. story where where they where they went, and I know they probably go above and beyond every day. But tell us a story that kind of stands out where they went above and beyond, and you were like, wow, they really get it. Uh, well. Let's
1: talk about last night um (laughs) you know I I I I called my mom Mm
2: -hmm. um,
1: about something earlier in the day and and she sounds like you know when you call somebody and they're like in the middle of it and they're just like really Mm -hmm. like focused on something and I'm like Uh oh can I and I asked her for help with something I can't remember what it was and she's like oh she's like I'm sorry honey. I just she's like I've just been really busy today just trying to make sure everybody sees your show and goes to it you know, and they're literally like, like tracking everyone down, sending out texts and, you know, calls and emails and you know, everything else. You know, just to make sure mm-hmm. that everybody is aware of the show and is coming to the show. You know. Um,
0: yeah. That is really. I love hearing stories like that. It just warms me. Yeah. Because as a parent now, I want to. I'm hoping that when, you know, little Chris gets older. And Caitlin gets older, that I can be that kind of parent. And because we are a family yeah. show, we all, you know, we always bring our eight-year-old on to ask one question. Um, so Sandy can get him on real quick to ask his question. He loves this part because <laughs> we're yes. a family affair. And when Caitlin gets that. old enough, we'll, when Caitlin gets older, we'll plug her in too.
3: <laughs> yes. Here he is. Here's Christopher. Hi, Rochelle. What's your favorite food?
1: My favorite food, um, okay, so my favorite kind of food is Thai food, mm. and, but like if I had just like one dish that I, that I had to pick, then I would actually have this dish called Danger Halbit, and it's like halbit that has like cheese on top, and it's really good.
0: And what's yours though, Chris? A Pizza.
1: Oh my
0: goodness,
2: I could totally tell you were gonna say that. I don't
0: know why I had to say it. is awesome. Okay, bye. Okay, he bye. Loves, like I said, he comes he comes and goes, but you know, he he get. there's been only a few shows that he's not been yeah. part of and he gets upset oh, yes, when he great. couldn't. <laughs> oh yes, oh, he God. loves to be part of it. <laughs> I love and, you that. Know, I've always and I've always been taught that if you want to inspire purpose mm-hmm. and passion into your kids, then they have a front row seat to li- to watch you live out yours. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. With you and Caitlin.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. So if you could co write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh.
1: You know, I need to think about these things ahead of time. That's what I that's what I need to do. I need to start making a list of 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 difficult questions and just answering them so I just have it. Um, you know what? I think it'd be amazing. I have so many, oh my gosh, there's so many great writers that I wanna write with, but if we're just like
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know who just came to my mind though? Because when I think of like oh like best, you know, country song ever written, I think about I Will Always Love You so I just thought Sally Parton.
0: Oh uh, yes. Yeah. She's awesome.
3: Mhm. Yes. Mainly because <clears throat> and, and,
1: and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to <laughs> I don't know if I would want to even go in with the topic for her. I would just kinda want to talk to her and see where <laughs> we go. Um, so, but, yeah. <laughs> so if she
0: was in front of you, what would be your first question you'd ask her?
1: I don't think I I don't think I could Why did you agree to write with me? (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: Probably.
1: That would probably be the
0: first one. Um. So um, I'm about to ask a question, and I have a purpose on the way I ask this, um, and I'll tell you the purpose right after I ask it. So if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it in this way, because I want artists to really open up and think on this one, because um, this past February made five years, the five-year anniversary of us asking that exact same question, where do you you want to be in five years to Kelsey Ballerini? And her answer that she gave us five years ago is what she's living right now. I mean, almost to the T. And I believe that when you get that vision out there, it can help you spring forward to where you want to go, so if all bets were off and it would come true, where do you want to be in five years? i would
1: want to be making music um, with my with my sister and um, my husband and mm-hmm. um I would want to be. Able to do a big tour for like a
2: mm-hmm.
1: like a like you know like a big summer mm-hmm. tour mm-hmm. every year, but spend a lot of the year writing and recording and just like That'd creating, awesome. and then get out on the road and tour it, and and reach a level of stability, you know,
2: where mm-hmm.
1: it takes some of that the panic of artistry out <laughs> and takes the pressure <laughs> True. off of. Uh, so that when you're creating, you're just creating and you're not stressing about how to, you know, monetize or anything like that
0: because yeah. it's already – the
1: mechanism's in place.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So let's say you had a friend, and let's say you heard them sing, and you could tell they got something special. So if they're, they're not one of these people that think they can sing. They can actually sing. And, um, yeah. and you could tell there's, so there's something – now, this would be pre-COVID advice. So keep that in mind. And let's say that they've only played 10 or 20 shows, so they're really just getting their feet wet, but they've gotten on stage, looked over the crowd, and the crowd's cheering for them. They got what every artist says, that stage bug, and they just know that this is what they're supposed to do. And they come to you, and they say, Rochelle, I feel like I'm supposed to do this for the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person? Help guide them the next two, three, four years?
1: You are saying that they haven't, that they're not making it a career, but they've been yet, but they want to make it a career.
0: Yeah, basically they feel like this is what they're supposed to do.
1: So I think that there's there's a couple of things. If they're a writer, if they're, let's say, I'm sorry, I'm going to narrow this down just a little bit more. If they're, if they're a writer in country and, and they are doing country music
2: mm-hmm.
1: then I'm going to yeah. tell them to perform every chance they get and but more importantly start writing all the mm-hmm. time like start just digging into the writing because it starts with a song and
2: mm-hmm. when
1: you get in that writing room you're going to find the, the sound that makes you uniquely you and then you're going to it's going to all start there you know so Perform every chance you get and write every chance
0: you get. I love that. And talking about writing, I kind of skipped over this question, but you made me, re- made me think of it. Um, what one song of yours means the most that you've written and why? Uh, you know. I- and I know that's a tough one.
1: I honestly don't think I have one song
0: mm-hmm. that
1: um, that means the most. It's interesting. Um,
2: <laughs> interesting
1: question. I don't. I don't think I do have one song that means the most. I think right now, uh, like on this record, there's there's one song that I mm-hmm. that actually my husband Tim uh, produced, and mm-hmm. um, it was we recorded it thinking we would get to release a four song EP a couple years ago right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it never we never got to release it a lot of weird stuff happened like it was a really trying time for me as I was like going like going between you know trying to be an independent trying to get some backing like just Mm -hmm. it was a crazy time so it didn't ever get out so it, it it finally is out on on this and we did some re uh, we did some new guitar parts on some of it. And we uh, re- remixed it and uh, remastered it. But, um, but the song running out of reasons on this record is a very like specific oh, wow. to our love story. Um, oh, wow. And so it's like, <laughs> I think right now, like as far as just like, because it's so like, so it's just our stories. It's it's yeah. talking about how he pursued me when I like, you know, would throw up walls and I I would come <laughs> up with excuses and I would try to have these reasons why it wouldn't work. I had, you know, plenty. You know, you get you gather some baggage along the way when you're when you're dating. Um,
2: yeah,
1: and and you get to be kind of scared of some things and you know, mm-hmm. and he just and I always wanted someone who was chasing me like I always wanted that but I hadn't really found something like that really I yeah. I mean and,
2: yeah.
1: and he really did you know and so and <laughs> and he he really like I like to the point there's a line in the song that that literally says uh you know I think what did, what did it is when you didn't let me slip out of your hands when you said I love you and I couldn't say it back since they back, mm-hmm. yet. and and like, that's a true story, and and it was things like that, like like, I, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is gonna be the thing, like this is gonna be the thing that's gonna make him not want to chase me anymore, or this is gonna be the thing that's not going whatever it is, you know, uh-huh. but like, but he just kept stepping up, like he was just mm-hmm. like, that's okay, he's like, I know, I know you, and I and I know that you're processing and I know that you're scared and it's okay. Like, you know, it's like like he just was unswerving in it. And and yeah. it um and so that wow. song and in that in that song, like because it's so true to our story has mm-hmm. <laughs> become <it's> so special. <laughs> um, I it's not that I like it's not that I like feel like it's a better, you know, written song than maybe some of my others. Like I love every single yeah. song. When people say, What's your favorite song yeah. on the record, I can't But when you ask what's special, I think that that being so specifically ours is special.
0: That is really awesome. So as we come to the last question here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? Um, They never do. Well, okay,
2: see,
1: here's the thing. You actually already touched on, like, Like, when we were talking about, um, like, what's, you know, hard about being an artist or what's the the reality of it, Mm -hmm. most people don't want to touch that because, you know, as an art and most artists don't want to touch it because it's it's not what you're taught. Like, when you go through media training, it is. (laughs) Well, if they come on our
0: show, they're going to touch it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> right, right,
1: but it's like you're supposed to be on all the time. You're supposed to be everything's supposed to be sunny all the time and you better not be yeah. thinking about if you should do yeah. something else ever. Mm-hmm. But like Yeah that's not real guys. That's like Instagram. Like that's like you know <laughs> everything mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that's right. need to be touched up all the time. So I think you guys already like you kinda do that already. Like but like asking like, okay, like what's what's the struggle? You know what's um,
0: what's mm-hmm. like and, like
1: something like and we
0: appreciate that oh yeah, yeah. we like to hear that because we want we want we want, we want the rawness of the artist to come out because I think yeah, a lot of people the lot of people don't understand what it takes for you all to do what y'all do they just mm-hmm. think that oh y'all are just having fun and yes oh my gosh. y'all are. <laughs> But there's yeah. but there's a whole nother side to get mm-hmm. to the fun part. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and, and the thing, like people people don't realize like oh like it really is work like you show up you go to your writing appointment
2: you you yeah. are working
1: your brain so intensely and if you're an artist then everything you're doing you can't be guaranteed that paycheck at the end of the day mm-hmm. so you have to self motivate. Like, I may do this and nothing may come of it, but I have to, you know, try my hardest because I love music and I'm chasing this dream.
2: Mm-hmm. You're working
1: very, very hard as an artist. And it's really nice when somebody, like, acknowledges that and asks about
2: that process. So thank you guys.
1: And, and we
0: and see, we get you because we're in the same boat as you. I mean, we might not be trying to be artists, but we're trying to be a Bobby Bones type person or a Ty Bentley show we're chasing the yeah. same dream y'all are chasing, just a different platform. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, so we're all, so like I always tell Sandy, we're all in this together. You know, you know I think that that makes us a better host because we get y'all. Because, see, people who are on the radio, and nothing against them, I love all my radio DJs, but they've got that secure income for the most part, I mean, granted, yeah. there's no such thing as secure right now, but you know, up at, oh up goodness, and before yeah. the virus, you know, they had that secure income for years. They don't when they, when they're right. interviewing artists, they don't have to wonder where the next dollar's coming from. We have to worry right. about we're we're independent, just like you. So so are yeah. yeah, like did, in this, keep going. Uh
2: huh. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> true. Struggle is real. And it's like, it is such a blessing to even be able to <laughs> chase a dream. Like, can we just acknowledge that? Like, how cool to be able to chase a dream. Um, oh, you know. yes. Yeah. hmm
0: But, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love that. So, as we, end, as we end here, tell everybody how they can reach you.
1: Well, if they can spell my name right, then, they're, <laughs> then they can find me anywhere because there's not another one
2: of
1: them uh, that spells it like
2: this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, com, Instagram, RochelleLenae, Facebook, RachelleLanae. Um I think my favorite place to interact is on Instagram. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's R-A-C-H-E-L-E-L-Y-N-A-E.
0: So, That's definitely unique. It's,
1: it's an yes. interesting spelling.
0: And you know, we truly enjoyed having you on the show today. We did. I enjoyed being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, you
0: guys. And we look forward to having you back down the road.
1: Yes. All
0: right. You have a blessed day.
1: All right. You too. Bye. Right, you
0: Thanks.
3: Bye. bye.
0: Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. Be sure to look um, Rochelle up. She's doing some great things. She's definitely moving and shaking in this industry. Um, Next two days, we have off. There'll be no episodes then. Tuesday, we got two coming at you, and we look forward to bringing two new artists to you. So until Tuesday, we will see you then.